everybody. Welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast. I'm Ted Flint on this fifth day of Christmas. We hope you and yours are enjoying the Christmas holiday season. You know, uh, my friends and I, my co-workers, colleagues at the Assembly, we freely talk about our Christianity and our belief in the Savior. And there was a meme on Facebook during the holiday, and it said that, uh, you know, the big build-up to Christmas, Santa's here and gone for another year. He comes bearing gifts one day, and Jesus gives us gifts every day. And that's true. He's given us the gift of eternal life, and all we have to do is accept it. He died on the cross for our sins, and and that's what it's all about. That's what Christianity is all about. That's what we celebrate, the Savior's birth. So the meme was right in one sense. It is here and gone before you know it. It's just like it's over. There's this big build up, and you know you want to rush out and get everything for your children if you have children. And that's important. There's a lot to be said for you know buying gifts and, and making people happy, but it's just it's just too much. The older I get, the less inclined I am to want to go out there and shop and drop money. Because that's really all it's about. The Christmas music, they start now, and not even Thanksgiving, they started in October. A couple of area radio stations. I, can't, I mean, how many times can you listen to Rock around the, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree? Or uh, Blue Christmas, or Feliz Navidad. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Some of the Christmas songs, they play the same 20 or 30 songs all day, every day, week in, week out, month in, month out. Why not play something good? I want to hear Perry Como. And I'll Be Home for Christmas by Perry Comor or Sinatra or the anything by The Temptations. But do you hear those things? No, you hear the same garbage all the time. It's like, I just want to program one of these radio stations. Anyway, uh, glad I got that off my chest. There is a report in the Epic Times, piece by Roger Simon. He points out the obvious, and we've been saying this all along. We in the uh, Assembly Republican Conference, we point out that New York State loses hundreds of thousands of people every year. I think we've lost over a million in the past decade. And there's a report here again in the Epic Times, and this gentleman quotes a radio report he heard, Buck Buck Sexton's radio show. And he's got the transcript here, does Roger Simon. And there's data, the census data for 2021. And New York was the number one state to lose population. Now go figure, why do you think that is? Taxes? a liberal uh, culture, the cultural elite bearing down on us. All that's true. 320,000 New Yorkers bailed on the state, and a young man who uh, runs the BMG network is one of them, Ken Burns, said, see you later. He left for uh, better environs south in Tennessee. 320,000 New Yorkers left. California, the second biggest loser, 250,000 or so, followed by another blue state, Illinois. So who are these people fleeing all these blue states? When you factor in Michigan, about a million people have departed blue states in 2021. And he quotes the uh, the radio show here, and uh, one of the hosts said, I want to build on this in a moment, but these are the states that added population. Texas, Florida, Arizona, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Utah, Tennessee, Idaho, and Nevada. Almost all of those states are red states. I would I would think all of them are red states. Maybe North Carolina is kind of purple. And I guess Georgia now is getting purple. But almost all of them are red. Now, what's going on? What we're seeing is a shift, an exodus from the blue states to the red states. People have had enough. There is a moral component to this for, for certain, and an economic one. People want to live freely. 
They want to live openly in harmony with their with their neighbors and their views. We don't want to be uh, held in contempt. Personally, I could care less what my neighbors think about my political views. I live in a very, I, I say it's mixed. It's maybe 60-40. It used to be 70-30, at least when we moved here 15, 17 years ago, whenever it was. But now it's it's starting to change because liberals are moving out from New York City and from downstate, and they're buying second homes and third homes because a lot of them have money. They don't have kids, so they have money. And they move out here, and it's kind of like a cancer. You know, they've moved out, the liberals, from uh, from Massachusetts and uh, other northeastern states, and they've ruined some formerly decent states. Maine is in the process of being totally corrupted by liberalism. You had Maine, you have... Uh, New Hampshire, you know, what happened to live free or die? That's purple at best, the state of New Hampshire. But, and the flow is is in progress, as this uh, writer points out. And every time Biden opens his mouth, Biden or Fauci or any of these idiots, uh, the governors of these blue states, as Simon put it, these governors are trying to outbid each other in the race to lock their citizens in their homes and inoculate and mask their children with absolutely nothing to show for it. The masking is ridiculous. I could go off and talk about masking for a half an hour. But, you know, it doesn't matter because we live here in New York State. The, the state the health department, I guess, advises the uh, the legislature and they pass down these mandates to the localities. Some of the localities uh, just foist them on their own people without the state mandating it. And masks have really shown really no discernible difference in whether or not people get COVID. It's about the, and I'll have the, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I've read some things over the uh, the Christmas holiday. But we mask anyway. I mask when I when I feel I have to, when I when I feel as though uh, maybe the uh, the ventilation where I where I'm at is not not great, or had, there's no ventilation, or if I'm in an elevator, or if I'm not able to socially distance, I put on a mask. That's what those are the times we're supposed to mask, as per the original National Institutes of Health guidelines and the World Health Organization guidelines. Those are the times you mask when you're unable to socially distance or if you're in an area of unknown or poor ventilation. You're not supposed to be masking outdoors, everywhere, in your car. I mean, if the Subaru people want to do that, as, as I've said before, they're free to do that. But why are we making our children mask when they're playing outdoor sports, outdoor soccer last spring? My daughter running around in a mask. It's not good to breathe in your own CO2. Now, I'm not a doctor, but you don't have to be to figure out that. I mean, you, you know, most people have common sense. These liberals, they don't. Anyway, back to the, I'm getting off track here. So, I mean, people are looking for tax, uh, lower taxes and, you know, more affordable homes, a more, more affordable way of life. And I'm looking for that as well. Now, I'm in my 60s, early 60s. I have a young family, and my wife and I talk about moving out of New York State. She wants to move from the from the town to the village. I said, honey, if we move, we got to make it count. There's no you know, sense on moving three or four miles into the village and have to pay village taxes, sewer taxes, water taxes, which we don't have to pay for now. But there's this really strange migration going on here. People want to be with their own kind, people who are of like mind. I, I would like to be with people who are who believe in the Constitution and limited government and low taxes and who uh, have uh, respect for the sanctity of human life and the rule of law. But that's not always the case. So you have to, you know, you bloom where you're planted. I don't want to take off and leave New York State because I, I don't like the government. Something in me would like to do that, but I want to stand and fight 
That's what you have to do. Instead of leaving, it's fight or flight. You want to fight. I want to stay here and fight it out. And I fight it out with my school board. We'll get, there's a story here on school boards too, if we get to it. I, I've, just, I've spent too much time on this. But the majority of these internal migrants are strong advocates for conservatism and our founding principles. But think of it, they're uprooting themselves and their families in many cases, and they're in some cases going across the country to start a new life. Good for them. Good for them. And as the writer pointed out, I think, and I think this is obvious, people who've lived under communist rule are always the most staunch opponents of any leftism. And you see that. People come here from Cuba, communist Cuba, they come to this country and they, they vote Republican. But the Democrat Party, as I've mentioned, is in the throes of a, a socialist revolution within the party. They are now the democratic socialists. And it's not just AOC and uh, that idiot, and I can never think of her name, in Massachusetts, and uh, Talib Rashid, whatever her name is, out in Minneapolis. I mean, these, the Democrat Party, for the most part, is a socialist Marxist party. Joe Manchin sticks out, and he's catching all kinds of heck for it, for voting no on the Build Back Better bill, which will only thing it's going to build is higher inflation. And he, you know, he, he said he would vote no, and he, he has no allegiance to Joe Biden. Biden says he's, you know, Manchin let him down. No, he didn't let, uh, let anybody down. He, he's in a state that Trump won by double digits, West Virginia. Now, I'm not saying he, he's unprincipled. Maybe he, in principle, he opposes Build Back Better for the taxes and the spending. $1.75 trillion social spending is what it is, basically, in a climate change package. So he stood, he's, he's defending his, his constituents. They oppose Build Back Better. 74% of Manchin's constituents oppose Biden's Build Back Better. So why wouldn't he vote against it? Speaking of Manchin, I was reading that uh, Bette Midler, washed up, uh, has been. I never liked Bette Midler. The only thing she did that I liked was she recorded that song, The Rose, from the movie. I forget when it was, late 70s, early 80s. That's the best thing she's ever done. I guess she apologized for an ang angry tweet she sent out. She labeled all West Virginians illiterate and poor. So anyway, the divine Ms. M said that Joe Manchin, uh, she was seeing red, and she referred to the coal industry of the Manchin family as a criminal operation. What Joe Manchin has done to the rest of America, who wants to move ahead, not backward? And his state is disgusting, is what she wrote in a tweet. And then she went on to say that Manchin and his family are uh, running a criminal operation who labeled him the worst thing West Virginia has to offer its inhabitants. Manchin said he could not vote to keep the, the legislation alive. He tells Fox News' Brett Baer that he can't get there. President Biden and other Democrats want to enact a colossal spending bill. But this is the typical of, you know, Midler's, uh, Midler's comments. I mean, these are Hollywood leftists. They, they think they're morally superior to everybody else and they know better. They're smarter. They're the elite. We're just the, uh, you know, the, the great, the masses of the great unwashed. She's an idiot. But she think, they think they know so much. They know very little about anything. They make, they make believe for a living, basically. But that's, that's a Hollywood liberal. They, you know, they haven't changed in decades. All right, let's see. We're going to wind up the show talking about uh, a school that wants to censor the Christmas Carol Jingle Bells. And I'm looking at that. I saw the headline. It's on World Net Daily, because it could be offensive. The Rochester Beacon 
is explaining uh, during the Christmas season how Jingle Bells is, obviously it's a popular Christmas tune. It's the first song to have been broadcast from space by Gemini 6 astronauts nine days before Christmas back in 65. And it's regularly sung at the White House, most recently by Barack Obama and his family upon lighting the national Christmas tree in 2016. I would have thought that Obama would have labeled the, the Christmas tree a holiday tree. But anyway, it's now being censored, the song Jingle Bells by Brighton's Council Rock Primary School, according to The Beacon, because it has the potential to be controversial or offensive. It sounds like what we're going through here locally with this banning the uh, the mascot, the Cambridge Indian mascot, because it's it may be harming some children, hurting them somehow. They don't say how, but they say it has the potential to be offensive. They're offended. The staff confirmed by email the decision to remove the song was based in part on information in a 2017 article written by Professor Kina Hamill, director of Boston University's core curriculum. Hamill's article is, it's a deep dive, it's about 12,000 words, including appendices and footnotes, into the origin of the song Jingle Bells, the life of its composer, James Pierpont, and the popularity of sleigh uh, songs back in the mid-1800s. She found documents showing the song's first public performance may have occurred in 1857 at a Boston minstrel show. See, that's where they were popular then, uh, minstrel shows. White actors performed in blackface, and of course, that's a no-no in 2021. But Hamill said, interviewed by The Beacon, Hamill said, I'm actually quite shocked the school would remove the song from the repertoire. I in no way recommended that it stopped being sung by children. And she went on to say that she just was trying to give the history of the song, you know, who wrote it and when it was written and all that. Uh, in, any, in any event, Beacon writer Peter Lovingheim, or Lovenheim explained, when I shared Hamill's response with Council Rock staff, the Brighton Central School District Assistant Superintendent, Allison Rowe, uh, offered a, a different reason for removing Jingle Bells. She claimed some suggest the use of collars on slaves with bells to send an alert that they were running away is connected to the origin of the song Jingle Bells. Well, we're not talking, while we're not taking a stance to whether that is true or not, we do feel strongly that this line of thinking is not in agreement with our district beliefs to value all cultures and experiences of our students. So Loving, uh, Lovenheim explained, the bells on horses were common as far back as Roman times, but Hamill's paper didn't address any issue of, of slave bells. And she, in fact, confirmed there is no connection between slave bells and the song. Then why ban it? Then she went on some dribble about today's culture wars are raging in schools and parents are caught in the middle and all that's true. And look, we're in the middle of a cultural divide here in this country. And that's the larger issue. It's, it's the cultural war we're engaged in or in which we're engaged, to be grammatically correct. But Irina, I'll just finish up this piece here. Can you imagine that Jingle Bells is being banned because it has the potential to offend somebody? Do you think of that when you think, do you think of slaves having collars around their necks? I mean, people just want to sing a harmless Christmas song. But the, I guess the treatment, the radical treatment of the song appeared first on the school's website in a section on diversity and equity. There it is, the D&E crowd. These are the people who want to ban everything, the cancel culture, the woke, the woke Marxists. Because, oh, they're so, they care so deeply about people's feelings. I'm going to sing Jingle Bells a hundred times tonight. My family and I are going to sing it around the, the, around the Christmas tree after dinner. 
All right, that's back going to do it to it. I don't know if you've heard my daughter's uh, podcast. She did a podcast late last week, first one, and I listened to it today, and I was quite impressed. Her first podcast, it's unbelievable. Of course, she's my daughter. I'm impartial, uh, or impartial, I should say. She is very talented. She's like her mother. She sounded good. She had good content, and uh, the name of it is Essentials with um, Maddie Flint, The Essentials, and she really great delivery. Nice uh, background music. It was really professionally done. And she's only 18. So give that a listen. Give Ken Burns his show a listen. The Ken Burns Show, the Adrian Ross Show, and of course this one, the Pac-Man Podcast. If you like what you heard today, hit that like button and please hit subscribe. We have some good programming, excellent programming for you on the uh, BMG Network website. Check it out. BMG.com. And if you want to contact me directly, it's Pac-Man at the bmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. There's a, I got a stack of stuff here I didn't get to. So much. I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. I want to talk about it. I think he's going to win the MVP again, I think for the third time or fourth time. And the Packers are uh, odds-on favorite to uh, get the home field advantage throughout the playoffs. I th- they have the best record in the NFC. So next show, we'll talk about the Packers because we're still on break here. This is the Christmas holiday. The Packers coming off a, a squeaker last weekend. I think they played Saturday. Uh, they beat Cleveland uh, in Green Bay 24-22. They were lucky to get through that game, though. Cleveland ran through them like a dose of salts. That run defense, uh, they couldn't stop me. I- I'm telling you, that that run defense of the Packers is, it needs some work. Uh, Nick Chubb had like 184 yards on 20 carries. <laughs> it's, it's, they, had, they had over 200 yards on the ground, Cleveland. Anyway, we've got to run. Thanks very much, folks, for tuning us in. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you real soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune into the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.